Hey, kids, got a joke for you. How do you make a slow horse fast? Are you ready? Don't give him anything to eat for a while. You know, it took me the longest time to get that joke. I'll tell you why, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, friends. I'm Patrick Conley, your host for the show in which we want to offer a bit of help and a bit of hope in living out your life of faith in Jesus this day. So the joke with which I open the show, how do you make a slow horse fast? Don't give him anything to eat for a while. I first heard it when I was pretty young. But while my dad, or it sounds like a dad joke, right? Whoever told it to me anyway, he chuckled at the cleverness of it. I just kind of stood there, mildly confused. And the joke would pop back into my mind from time to time, and I'd turn it over and over in my head, and I just couldn't figure it out. And here's why. I didn't know what it meant to fast. I had never voluntarily given up a meal in my life, unless perhaps I was sick. Well, then, as my faith in Christ grew, and as I got to know more of his story in the Gospels, I noticed that Jesus fasted. And then I noticed him teaching others about how to fast. And then I heard about the church fasting through history. And then, initially to my dismay, if I'm honest, I understood that fasting was still a practice in the church. And now, as a Catholic, I understand fasting as a noble practice that bears much fruit. I have fasted both on days of obligation and on other days, voluntarily, but I still feel like I have lots to learn about fasting. If you're like me, I think you'll enjoy the hour ahead as Father Peter Arminio, a priest of Opus Dei and a widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection, leads us through a discussion on why fasting. Greetings, Father Peter. Good to have you back. Great to be back. And it's interesting to talk about fasting, especially if now that we're not in Lent and we're in That's right. summer, summer mode. That's right. Summer mode when the <laughs> backyard barbecues and uh, maybe picnics and that sort of thing, they exactly. abound, right? Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Exactly. Very good. Well, uh, obviously, like I said, the scriptures tell us about Jesus fasting. I'm thinking of this time fasting in the wilderness from, for example, Matthew chapter 4, um, and uh, him teaching on fasting there in the Sermon on the Mount as well. What do we learn about fasting from Jesus himself, Father? What we learn about fasting from Jesus is that he he fasts because everything he he's the way, okay, and uh, which means that everything he does is a teaching moment. Uh, he's fasting in his humanity as a way of preparing for his. It's an immediate prepa- preparation for his public life. And as a man, I mean, it's, there's a mystery here. You know, he's the only one, the only person who has two natures. He's a divine person with a divine nature, and he's a human nature. But as a man, um, he prepares for that public life with a time of intense prayer. And the purpose of fasting in that case is, number one, he's going to straight up tell his listeners that a necessary or indispensable condition of following him is to deny ourselves and take up our cross. 
in those days, hearing that word cross uh, was extremely jarring because it was they were familiar with that kind of punishment uh, in the Roman Empire. The, the Romans would, as a deterrent. So he would say self-denial and then bear your cross. He talks about the narrow gate. In order to extend the kingdom and be part of the kingdom, you need to go through the narrow gate. These are all symbols of fasting and other uh, elements of Christian living and discipleship. And so we need to control ourselves. And I'll invoke the personalism of St. John Paul. He says that we need to control ourselves to achieve self-mastery, that we don't want to be governed by our appetites, by our pride, by our comforts, by our on and on and on, uh, falsehood, etc. Mm-hmm. And then we need, and then self-mastery, uh, no, self-control, self-mastery, and self-possession. That I, okay, I have control of myself. My freedom has been enhanced in such a way that I am in condition to bear my cross or uh, another way of saying it is to give of myself totally, to give of myself totally to God and to give myself totally in service and love for others. And so fasting has that effect of giving me control of myself or self-ownership so that I could love on on a vertical way in terms of God and in a horizontal way in terms of loving others. Uh, number two, and they're all intimately linked, to be a prayerful person, we need a certain liberation from the inclinations of the flesh. And fasting is, well, you're self-imposing discomfort. You know, in other yeah. words, you're self-imposing hunger on yourself. Yeah, right. And and. I've heard it in, in spiritual direction, uh, people who have been exemplary in fasting, especially during Lent, and they ask, you know, if I'm giving spiritual direction, I have, I try to help them to be prudent in their fasting. I mean, we've got to obey the fifth commandment too, and uh, certain kind of fasting for one person should not be lived by somebody else. If, you, if it hinders your work and you're in a foul mood and all that, well, we've got to fast appropriately according to someone's dispositions, physiology, um, etc. But it does, a universal experience with fasting is it helps one to pray. It helps one to contemplate Christ and to speak with Christ. The opposite also happens, you know, okay, but, you know, it's summer mode. I've been eating more than usual. I've been drinking more than usual. Uh, Many times uh, that kind of behavior will hinder uh, a a good prayer life. St. Paul says it in chapter 8 of the Romans that you can't have it both ways. If you're going to live the life of the Spirit, which is true life, you can't live the life of the flesh. If you're going to live the life of the flesh, he says that, you know, results in a certain kind of death. Death of what? Death of charity, death of a spiritual life. So, and it's kind of interesting Jesus didn't con, uh, consult uh, an American uh, PR person or marketer because I, <laughs> right. I would have told him, 
hey, listen, put notices that you're going to go public and tell them that, you know, <laughs> you, right. you may work a miracle at a certain time of the day. Yeah. And, you know, just spread those notices. He doesn't do that. He goes into a desert 40 days, which is a symbol of a long time, and he prays and fasts. He's silent and he's fasting. And the first teaching, uh, ostensibly aimed at the evil one, the evil one says, stop it. Basically, the evil one says, throw down the cross. If you're the son of God, don't stay hungry. Just mm -hmm. have a little bit of bread right now. Turn that stone into bread. And he said, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes forth from the uh, mouth of God. Another gospel says the man lives on the word of God. The word of God is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. The word of God is Jesus Christ. That mm -hmm. That's how we really live. And he's already saying that, you got to, my fasting. You want to imitate that, and and we are made for uh, spiritual fulfillment. Now, right. this doesn't mean we're you know, we got to be careful. We're not Puritans uh, who kind of uh, negate the normal pleasures that come from God's creation. Uh, being Catholic is a lot of times it's feasting and fasting. You know, it's not just fasting. And, you know, maybe the good old days, if, if there ever was the good old days, uh, Catholics would know how to they, they enjoy family life, they enjoy a good meal, it's part of fraternity. Uh, at the same time, uh, their Christian life would include fasting. Uh, hmm. Anyway, I think we can't limit fasting to food. Uh, you know, there's always a little bit of a danger because uh, we are more conscious of health than in other periods of time and conscious of appearance, and there's a little bit of an idolatry of the body. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, connecting with Christ and, and living more charity, becoming uh, more effective in our ability to contemplate and saying no to self in order to say yes in a bigger way. We say no to our appetites in order to find our Lord in a more deep way. But fasting has to extend to a lot of other areas. And I would say we need to fast from gadgets. Mm. Uh, the Holy Father brings up that very often. Uh, just by way of anecdote, I, I was driving to, uh, some, to a chapel to say Mass, and uh, it was near a public high school. could have been a Catholic high school, but it was a public high school. And at the intersection, I was stopped at a red light, and they were crossing the street, about 20 kids. Okay. Not one kid was talking to another kid. Oh, boy. Number one. And number two, I didn't see any kid smiling or laughing. Huh. I'm not saying that when I was their age, we were paradigms, uh, paragons of virtue. Mm. But we did interact. We did shove each other. We did laugh. We did, you know, have animated conversation. Well, we didn't have phones then. Uh, those kinds. Um, so you, you see that. Uh, or you maybe you go to a McDonald's or, or maybe even a fancier place, and you'll see a cluster of people eating their hamburger or eating whatever, and their, their thumbs are going, you know, at the speed of light or the speed of sound, and there's very little interaction. And so what we're, what's going on is that th this phone is taking up a lot of of time and it's kind of an addictive thing you you know a little beep or the little ping you, you jump and it gives you the sensation that i better check this thing you know and 
if you ask, if we can even ask ourselves, how many emergencies occurred with that little reminder or that little sound coming off the phone? Mm-hmm. And so there, I think that has to, because that, that's kind of uh, eating into a contemplative life, a life that develops the human spirit in terms of interaction with other people, reading, art, even maybe sports. And so that has to be put through a fast. I'm not saying there's a lot of good good that comes out of these little gadgets. You know, you you can make better use of your time. You could organize your schedule. I'm very much aware of that. You you could listen to podcasts and meditate, um, these kinds of things. But at the same time, uh, this could be a big addiction where, you know, you're, you're just so wedded to that phone that it's very difficult to have a relationship with God. And it's very difficult to know how to uh, connect with others. Mm-hmm. I have a thousand friends, but that's, th- those are virtual friends. That's not the real, the real deal, you know? So mm-hmm. those are kind of different areas of fasting as well. And, you know, maybe a, a I'll give you a little pause. Yeah, well, great foundation that you're laying there, Father. Our spiritual director today, Father Peter Arminio, and he, we are talking about fasting particularly. Yes, fasting from food, but fasting from other things, such as devices, as you just mentioned, Father. When was a time when you fast? Maybe you're fasting right now for a particular intention, of a particular purpose. Maybe you're fasting not from food, but from something else in your life. Let us know what you're doing and what kind of spiritual fruit it's bearing in your life. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Love to hear from you. Or you can send us an email, relevantradio.com. Father, one of the things that I uh, think about when it comes to looking at Jesus' time of fasting in the wilderness, and particularly that he was, I mean, he's portrayed as a solitary figure out there in the wilderness, that he wasn't necessarily surrounded by the crowds and everything. And how interesting then that it makes that, that uh, pericope, that narrative, makes its way into our Gospels, particularly so. I mean, he must have then told the evangelists about it at some point. Um, so Absolutely. That, right? And so, I mean, it could have gone unnoticed had he not revealed that this is what happened when I was out there. But That's obviously, as you said, everything that we that he does, everything that he says is an invitation to us, right? Yes. There's another little insight, and if I if I, we don't have time right now, you know, just tell me. Um, that no, it's fine. Go ahead. It's very significant. The expulsion of the unclean spirit from this this boy, this anonymous boy. And it kind of strikes me, uh, I was going to bring that up too, I just, that the apostles had certain powers, all right? I'm going to cut, come to a point. They had certain powers to cure, uh, to expel demons. Right. Uh, and they would come back to Jesus and, you know, rejoice in their the miracles they worked through this power Jesus gave them. Okay, so now since they have a little bit of the reputation of having certain powers because they're, they're followers of Jesus, they're close followers, they're apostles, this, this man brings his boy with an unclean spirit, which could represent, he was real, real boy, but, you know, the fathers of the church, the ancient church always liked to turn the gospel also into an allegory. And I think I'm within the right boundaries of the spirit of the ancient church that maybe that boy represents a society or a country or whatever. But 
Anyway, he brings the boy to the father. The father brings the boy to the apostles, and they're pretty confident they're going to expel this devil or this unclean spirit because they've done it before. And they fail. Yeah. You know, they, right. they try, they fail. And now you have a lot of tension. Jesus arrives. He's not very happy. He yells at the apostles. He yells at everybody. Oh, faithless generation, how long do I have to put up with you? How long do I have to be with you? And the father says, if he could do anything, crying, he's crying now, uh, release my son from the unclean spirit. And he said, if you, you could do all things if you have faith. And the, guy, and the man says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Anyway, it's kind of a me- messy miracle. Guy's rolling around, he's foaming at the mouth, and finally the devil is gone. And these uh, nuts and bolts apostles are kind of perplexed and befuddled, and they pull Jesus aside. I'm going to use the old translation. Okay. Uh, he said, why couldn't we cast it out? I mean, basically, you gave us power, and then you pull the rug from under us. Right. And he said, this kind could only be cast out by prayer and fasting. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's what Jesus says, prayer and fa- this kind. And we may be facing, you know, we face a woke culture and all these violations of the basics of natural law, whether it's marriage, whether it's destruction of the unborn, uh, whether it's transgender, all these kind of issues we have, uh, you know, moral relativism run amok. Jesus, I, I, I'm morally certain that Jesus is telling us this kind is only cast out by prayer and fasting. And that's the kind of faith Jesus wants of us, that faith has to be uh, given more of a meaning than intellectual assent. Faith is embracing to use an idea of John Paul and Benedict, and also implicitly Francis, that you embrace the entire gospel, that everything yeah. Jesus says, you embrace it. That's what faith is. That's the fullness yeah. of faith. It's not just, hey, I agree with the catechism. You know, right. I mean, something, yeah. but it's not, it's not the full meaning. I like that. So, That's a good, it's a great explanation. Yeah, that, it, indeed. I mean, there is, a, there is a, 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 a loyalty, I suppose you could say. There's a trust that involves the whole being, as you're saying, Father, and not, not simply just intellectual assent. Yeah, great, great uh, little bit of exegesis there from our spiritual director, Father Peter, Peter Arminio, as we're talking about fasting today on The Inner Life. If you have a question about fasting, about how to go about fasting, about good things to fast from, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Let's take a phone call. Angela Maria is coming calling in from Washington. Welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Thank you so much, and good morning. And good morning. exactly because of the biblical passage, some of these can only, uh, can, this can only be, be cast out by uh, fasting and prayer. I had a situation with one of my sons where he was clearly under very strong demonic influence. It was very, very serious, and I knew I had to fast. I gave up sugar, rice, and flour, the three things I love. (laughs) And, um, And I began eating only one meal every 24 hours to avoid, you also spoke of health reasons, to avoid getting it affecting my health, I would have a protein shake with that one meal every 24 hours. Uh, there is something called St. Michael's Lent. It begins on August 15th, and it ends on September 29th, and it was started by St. Francis of Assisi. So I began doing that along with the prayer, and within just uh, two months of my doing the fasting, 
Um, my son came home. Things were still kind of rough, but he was coming, needing a place to stay on and off. And he began coming home. And I saw the, because I'm not being dramatic. It was truly a demonic anger towards me. And I saw that diminish, 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 diminish. And I would say it has diminished 90%. The relationship is by no means healed yet. Uh, but uh, that demonic anger is no longer there. Um, he has now seen from my part of the effort that I love him, even when his behavior is to such an extreme. And it has just been absolutely miraculous. And it is because of prayer and fasting. But the times we live in, it's not just a circumstance in our life. The times we now live in, prayer is no longer enough. Prayer is not enough. We are living in times that require serious fasting and prayer on our part. Like you said, Father, according to however we may be able to do. I agree 100%. And you're reminding me of the patron saint of parish priests, um, St. John Vianney, who was hearing confessions up to 18 hours, and the devil would attack him uh, in a very dramatic way, but he prayed and fasted. I mean, I'm not saying imitate him right now. You One should not uh, imitate the spirit and, yes, fast uh, with a little bit of guidance of a spiritual director just to make sure that person doesn't harm their health um but you know and it works that's what our lady told the little children in fatima uh, my own founder saint jose maria did a lot of penance and you know on his feast day on june 26 we had four priests uh, for a couple of hours and a half hearing non-stop confessions so something something's working you're correct this is uh a powerful source of grace, of winning grace from Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your your testimony. Angela Maria, I, I'm grateful for your call. I'm grateful for your exhortation that, uh, that we need to incorporate fasting into our lives. And you've given a personal testimony for that. So thank you. Thank you for that. If you have a personal testimony about how fasting has borne fruit in your life, maybe in your familial relationships like Angela Maria, then please give us a call. Let us know what that is. Encourage and inspire one another. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Got lots more to talk about here, about fasting here on The Inner Life, but we're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. If you're listening to the podcast of this program... It could very well be that you're listening on the Relevant Radio app, which is great. But you may listen on another podcasting platform, which is fine as well. But if you do that, can I ask you to do me a favor and like, follow, subscribe, and also leave us a five-star review because all of that will help other people who want to grow in their spiritual journey find the inner life. 
Thank you so much. We can't do it without you. Our spiritual director today is Father Peter Arminio here on The Inner Life. We're talking about fasting specifically. So if you have a question about fasting, if you have a testimony about how fasting has borne spiritual fruit in your life, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Love to get you on the air. Let's go now to James, who's calling in from California. Good morning, James. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. No problem. Um, so, I, I, you know, I... I just came back to my faith a few years ago and um I've I've dove head head first into the deep end with it and um I I've done prayer prayer and fasting this Lent I really took it seriously and uh I saw a lot of good a lot of good come from from it um however my question is with all the evil that um has kind of followed me um from my past uh, how does prayer and fasting, what do you do if it doesn't actually work in, in the fight against evil and the evil continues to plague you? I, I've, I've heard stories that prayer and fasting defeats the devil, but in my experience, I, I find that I've, I get God's graces from it. And then as soon as things start going really well, everything just falls apart and gets destroyed and it's the devil at play again. Well, I, Again, I would need to talk to you a little bit more at length. Uh, you are, you, your prayer and fasting is working because you've converted, you're close to God, you're much closer to God than you were in the past. And the nature of past sins, God doesn't punish us, uh, but we need, there's, there's another dimension. He forgives us, but we are very much weakened and God could take away our weakness instantaneously, but he allows us to struggle so that we enhance our reliance on him, that we grow in humility, and also the struggle is our form of reparation, but it's medicinal. It's not just reparation, a cold reparation. It's a reparation that helps us become holy because the more we count on the Lord, the more we realize we can't do anything without him, the better we get. And we we have to mortify our pragmatic tendencies. All right, I fasted. All this should go away. It doesn't work that way. Uh, most of us live with our same defects our entire lives, but our defects are meant to help us struggle, to pray, to, to fast, and we can whittle away at it. And our defects, if we handle them properly— actually get us close to God because we grow in humility, we grow in uh, abandonment, reliance, we, we grow in compassion for others, etc. So hmm. I don't know if that helps, but it takes a while to get totally purified. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's not just an instantaneous act. Yeah, thank you, James, for the call. But also, Thanks, Father, James. just just to follow up on that too. I yeah. mean, it is the case also that even as well, maybe especially as we move deeper and deeper into the spiritual life. I mean, the devil's not going to give up trying to trying to. Well, thwart that's us a good, very, that, very. That's right? ex excellent point because I think the devil goes after yeah someone like James, right? Uh, and he's good at discouragement and interior agitation and despair. And those are his specialties. And what he wants to accomplish, probably James will stay with the church. I mean, I, I we're capable of leaving the church and doing all sorts of crazy things. But, you know, I, probably he's going to stay faithful on some level. But the, what the devil's going to do is disarm him 
so that he not pray, so he not fast, because once you start praying and fasting and trying to imitate Jesus, okay, now you're the problem. You're going to spread the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, I could see, listen, uh, you've got to be pretty holy to hear confessions 16 to 18 hours a day. Padre Pio did it, you know, St. Jose Maria, you know, his followers, you know, rel- you know, in a modern sense, hear a lot of confessions, and it's because someone was praying and fasting. Mm. Uh, so... There you have yeah. it. I mean, yeah. communism has fallen, and uh, the Blessed Mother told those three visionaries, Listen, you pray, you fast, uh, my Immaculate Heart will triumph in the end. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, Amazing things happen. But stick with it, James. Stay with it and yeah. uh, you know, keep keep going. Keep uh, hanging in there with the Lord and, and whatever the devil may throw at you. And that's, I guess one more thought on that too, Father, is that the devil likes to hit us where he knows we're weak, right? I mean, I think of going back Absolutely. to Jesus' fasting. When you're hungry, hey, why not turn these stones to bread, right? Right, exactly. Now he's vulnerable. You yeah. Know, it's a man. I mean, he's right. really hungry. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he's tempted. It says, the gospel said he's tempted, you know? Um, and he does hit us where we're the weakest and, um, with this, with, with the discouragement because we're weak and we fall, we, you know, he, a lot of times he attacks right after confession. Okay. I got finally, I, I, yeah. I'm going to begin again. And all of a sudden you fall again and then you want to throw in the towel and that's what he wants. And uh, that's why that, that, pro, that quote from Proverbs, the just man or woman falls seven times and gets up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's you, you, you want to keep th- you don't want to get up anymore. I'm I'm tired of this. I'm I'm discouraged, and uh, get up again. I mean, Jesus is in charge. He's more in ch- uh, more. He's more in control than the devil is. That's for sure. But the devil will go after uh, disciples, and he'll yeah. try to stop you from praying and and, and doing penance. No question mm-hmm. about it. No yeah, question about that. it. Yeah. Hang in there, James. You've got our prayers. Thanks for calling in. Let's go now to Frank, who's calling in from Philadelphia. Frank, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Hello? Yes, hi. Hi, Frank. Um, I started listening about 15 minutes ago, I guess. Um, I, I kind of know what fasting is. Um, over a couple of years listening to Relevant Radio with um, Drew Mariani. All different kinds of fast. I'm still not sure. I have a hard time um, giving up things, even during Lent. I can add things, but I'm terrible at giving up things. Is fasting more for a spiritual benefit? Or can it help people with medical problems? And for someone like me who's never been able to give things up, I can add things and I just can't take away things. Does it help medical problems? And that's of where I'm at. Medical problems, yes. Uh, a lot of people fast, uh, quote unquote, because they have medical problems. If you have diabetes, you have to fast from cake and sweets. Uh, if you're overweight, you can't have all those nice carbs that you like. If you have high blood pressure, you have to be moderate with your. Uh, intake of salami and prosciutto and cheese, anything salty. So yes, uh, and also overeating and, and, and gaining excess weight is not healthy. So even on a, you'll notice in the gospel, a lot of the wisdom in the gospel or in or the entire Bible, it applies to the spiritual life, but it also applies to the emotional life and the psychological life and the physical life as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jewish people were prohibited from eating pork and you say, well, my gosh, that's too bad. You can't have a pork chop. You can't have a hot dog or a ham sandwich. Well, in those days, there was parasites in the pork, and they would eventually uh, give you a, produce a slow death. And so even though that was, was not the main reason, uh, that's one of the fringe benefits of obeying that uh, Jewish directive in the Old Testament. So 
yes, but the, 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 here we're talking mostly about spiritual benefits from fasting. Right. And Which, what about you know, what about Frank's point about uh, not able to being able to give things up. I mean, I obviously that's a that's a challenge that faces all of us. I mean, if it weren't a sacrifice, then it wouldn't bear the fruit that it does. So in terms we're, of we're all in the same sort of thing. Exactly. Well, we're yeah. on the same boat, and uh, similar boat anyway. I would say, uh, I would go to the Lord in front of the Blessed Sacrament and say, "Listen, you know, help me." And every time you give in to, if you can't live that resolution, I'm not going to have. A, a sweet dessert. I'm going to mm. replace my dessert with a fruit. And okay, there it is, the bowl of ice cream again. Well, make an act of contrition. Uh, is it a severe sin? No. But make an act of contrition and begin again. Uh, I'd say go into the Lord for help and, and be convinced you can't. You are free to fast. Because no. what we don't want to do is say, no, I just can't. Uh, I like beer too much. Or I like this too much. Uh, even with addictions, which you know make fasting or self-control a lot harder because of the addiction, we can't throw in the towel and say, I can't. We can. Is it hard? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And is it going to be fits and starts? Yes, but we can. And so I think that's the first step. Uh, I am a free man. Uh, I'm vulnerable. I'm weak. Uh, but I could do this. Anyway, Maybe not the in grace terms of God. Of, yeah, amen, amen. Maybe not the in grace terms of God. Addiction so much, Father, but specifically around you know just a, just the practice of fasting as a spiritual practice. If uh, we're experiencing some difficulty in giving something up, would you recommend there to be a kind of a, a, a growing kind of an incremental growth in fasting? Like you said, Absolutely. maybe just giving yes. up like the the one bowl of ice cream per day rather than trying to you know I'm going to give up all sweets. No, I'm going to give right. up my regular whatever it is. Or yeah. even even I'm going to have one scoop. Oh, okay, yeah. And you know, I'm going to have one scoop. I'm going to have a sliver of that cake. Yeah. All right, let's start that way. Okay. Um, in the way written by St. Jose Maria, he's quoting a, you know, his canonization process opened this uh, uh, Irish priest by the name of Father Doyle, Willie Doyle. He would talk, you know, in the Irish, he, he was saying they, they really like butter. They got to have, they have to put butter on everything. That's according to this guy, this priest. And he said, we have to live the drama of the butter. In other words, to be able to give that up. Sometimes that's harder than missing a meal, you know? So fasting doesn't only mean a reduction in quant intake, it may mean, or does mean, I'm gonna give up something I like. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna put that much ketchup on my french fries. Oh, yeah. I need to, I can't go without ketchup. Okay, well, why don't you put less? Let's start with that, okay? <laughs> I like it. Very practical. Very practical. Exactly. Even in the midst of, of uh, yes, mortifying our pragmatic tendencies. Yeah, it's very good, Father. Exactly. appreciate that. Our spiritual director today, again, is Father Peter Arminio. We're talking about fasting. If you have a testimony about how fasting has borne fruit in your life, or if you have questions about how to go about fasting, or if it's a particular thing, a good thing to fast from, give us a call and join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Next up is Elizabeth calling in from Los Angeles, California. Good morning, Elizabeth. Thanks for calling in. Good, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. I do want to give my testimony about fasting. Um, I noticed that one of my sons was getting angry and and um, he was he then progressed to a suicidal ideation, and I felt that once the anger started, that there was my son was under spiritual attack. So then I began to pray. I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and I was praying. I would pray and pray and pray, sit by his bed side and pray. 
But I thought that that was just not enough. And it got to the point where one day my, my son had this horrible um, outburst of anger, and I saw that his face was distorted. And I asked, that, I asked him if he wanted me to pray for him, and this voice appeared on my right side, and I knew exactly where that voice was coming from. And it was, it was a slimy voice, and it said, See, your prayers to him are useless. And if it were not for the, the voice on the left-hand side that was strong and thunderous and authoritative and that said to me, no, I've given you authority over your child. You continue to pray for him, and I will show you the miracles I will make in his life. And if it wasn't for that voice that I heard, it really then started me to continue to pray, and then God allowed me to fast for six days without any food, any food, just water. And um, I think it was mineral water that I drank or vitamin water, but it was over six days. And I prayed and I fasted, and I know it was God because he knew that I needed to go beyond the prayers. And I'm so grateful for that. And I want to encourage other people that to get to that point, because we get we get to a point of desperation and fear. And just like the Father said, um, Satan wants, us, wants to scare us, and he discourages us. If I, if I had not had that other voice on my left-hand side, the thunderous voice, and the power that God gave me to fast, I would have been living in fear. So, Father, let me uh, let me just ask you, uh, that. I think it's a great testimony of that and yeah, saying absolutely. that, yeah, there's there's things that can propel us into that. But one of the things Elizabeth's call really points out to me is that, um, you know, it's not I mean, yes, we have to give our full wills. Uh, you know, we have to will to fast. We have to utilize ourselves right. and our powers of decision. But we're not alone in that. Right. God is with us throughout fasting, which seemed to be what Elizabeth. Absolutely. Was saying. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And. It's a mystery, but God needs our prayer and fast. Mm. Um, it's a mystery. I can't explain it completely. But if you notice in the gospel that the Lord never gives attribution for a miracle to himself, even though obviously mm. raising someone to, to life or restoring sight to the blind is, is divine. But he says your faith has made you see your faith has saved you even with forgiveness your faith has uh, set you free he always attributes the miracle to the person's faith Mm. and so what does that tell me uh that he in in the mysteries of divine providence the lord relies on my prayer and fasting Mm. i mean it's now coincidence that the saints uh have touched a lot of lives and the means they use in their own way, according to their own culture and time period, prayer and fasting. Yeah. On some level. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that yeah. that's why she had that presence of the Lord, because he 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 needs that. He needs that. We're, we're this is a partnership. This work right. of evangelization of is a partnership. We have a principal agent that is God, but we cooperate. No question yeah. about it. Yeah. 
Very good. All right. Well, we're getting in deep to fasting here. It's great, great conversation, great calls. If you have a way that fasting has affected your life or if you have a question about how to go about fasting, give us a call, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. We've got to take another short break, but we're going to be back with more right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Sarah Tafoya taking your phone calls. Also to our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminios, leading us through a discussion on fasting. And one of the things I would say about my own personal experience of fasting, Father, is that uh, uh, although we are inviting people to talk about their times of fasting and the spiritual benefits that they reaped, I know that there is uh, there's a biblical uh, injunction to yeah, not show forth that you are fasting. I mean, that comes straight from the Lord. You want to talk about that just a little bit? What does that mean in our lives? Well, it means um, that fasting is a means, and the Pharisees fasted. Right. And fa- fasting, at least for a follower of Christ, must lead to a greater love for God, love for Christ, better prayer life, and love for others. Yeah. And we have to... F- but basically, Jesus say there's another, another fasting that goes along with your traditional de- deprivation of food or denial of food, and that is to mortify mm. your tired look, your irritability, which can come from fasting, uh, <laughs> looking a little bit morose because you know, yeah. <laughs> you know you you didn't have a full meal all those kinds of things, and he says, wash that face. You know, mm-hmm. get, get a, put on a good face, put on a, a good demeanor. And so there's another, the, 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 we're fasting from my uh, mood of fatigue, yeah. of being a little bit uh, down because I'm depleted of energy. I don't have the same kind of uh, zest I would have if I had a, you know, a full meal. Right. So... Okay. Anyway, so Jesus, and basically, basically said, you, you got to do this out of love for God, and you don't want to be noticed because then you know you've deprived yourself for the right of the right intention. Hmm. And um, a lot of times we have to fast. We, we have to extend that fast to the, our, our mood swings. Uh, it's, it's not hypocrisy. It's called you know de- mortifying. Our, our mood in order to make life pleasant for others, to keep on a, keep a, a cheerful demeanor, which at times is harder than, you know, you're I, I, f- fasting from food. Just, that's what I was just going to say, Father. That's exactly it, is that sometimes that's the really hard part, yeah, that, uh, yeah, I can acknowledge that I have this desire to eat this piece of pizza or whatever, but I'm going to say no to that. But then, oh, man. The hangry kicks in, right? And I just want to exactly. take it out on everybody else, even though I'm not telling exactly. them I'm fasting. I want no, to take no, it out no, on no. Everybody else, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Also, another area of fasting is uh, loquacity. Saint Thomas Aquinas mm. brings that up. Um, sometimes, you know, people want to be listened to, and uh, at times we have to examine ourselves and say, "Well, do I interrupt? Do I always top the story of somebody else?" Uh, Am I totally in when someone is telling me something that I 
you know, feel that I have much more, I have something more interesting uh, mm. to talk about. Uh, and that requires, that's fasting too. You know, I'm, I'm fasting, uh, fasting in expressing my own interests, uh, what entertains me. I fast from putting myself out there as a center of attention, uh, being self-referential. So there's a lot of areas. I'm not saying, you know, we, we got to work, work on everything. But I'm just saying this fasting is not just limited to food and drink. Yeah. It includes it, but it's not limited to that. Yeah, amen to that. We got a we got a t- t- well, just a few minutes remaining, but let's try to take in a couple more phone calls here. Uh, Tom okay. is calling in from Cross Lake, Minnesota. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. And uh, Father, I'm going to have to write down your credentials. I think I found my new spiritual director. I hope you have room. <laughs> you you basically <laughs> called me out on everything. I was my my. I called myself out. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> the um, I've been fasting for many years. And, you know, I, I went from a 300 pound man to a 180 pound man in not about a year. Wow. And wow. the health, so the health benefits, I mean, it, it changed my life in many ways and it was a, it basically saved my life and it became fairly easy. So the real struggle with the fasting, it, so I fast on Wednesdays and Fridays and I try to do a sundown to sunup. So it turns out to be more of a 30 to 36 hours. So okay. Thursdays are a day and I don't feast. In fact, the, the problem becomes it actually becomes harder to eat. Once you have mastered your desires and mortified yourself, they, it almost becomes a challenge. It's not that I don't enjoy food, but I have to now intentionally eat. But the real fasting is that fasting from being morose, being bellicose, fasting from your mood swings, and fasting from being the most interesting guy, right? Because exactly. people ask questions. People want to know. And our society, it's a it's an odd situation. We don't withdraw from society. Society withdraws no. from us because they don't want to hear it. And I'm joyful. No, and I'm, I mean, I'm smiling and happy, you know, but you can't hide that either. True. No, well, that's good that you're happy and joyful. Right? Hmm. No? You know, then, then when people, you know, I don't mind going to a meal. But it's awkward for the other people. And I tell them, I said, no, this is my thing. I've been doing this for years and I enjoy it. But, but if, I, you know, if I make you uncomfortable, and so people don't invite you to dinner parties when they know you're not going to eat. Hmm. <laughs> so, so your life necessarily changes and it, it becomes difficult. Um, you know, Can you so tell them to invite you on a, on, a di- on a different day? Can you tell them to invite you on a different day, not on Wednesday or Friday? You know, it's interesting, and especially with your family, um, and I want to be careful, my parents, I mean, I was adopted as a baby, I, I consider myself an abortion survivor. I mean, my life is filled, filled with grace. I mean, all glory to God, and I've seen it my entire life. But even within my family, you know, it's Friday, and this has been going on for seven years now, and my mom will, will have to say, well, well Tommy's not going to eat today because he's fasting. You know, she has to announce it to everyone. And I'm like, Mom, you know, you don't have to make it a public thing just because you're uncomfortable that I don't eat. And she's like, well, it's just not healthy. And I laugh. 
And I'm like, well, let's see. I haven't taken high blood pressure medicine in seven years. I, I haven't taken any pharmaceuticals in like seven years. I mean, I used to be a walking pharmacy, right? See, the doctors love right. prescribing stuff to overweight people because then they have to prescribe right. the next medicine to counteract the symptoms and the, and the, you know, the crap that that medicine costs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the freedom that you get from the health benefits are amazing. But you have to do it in moderation, which works for you. Mine's a little extreme, and as I age, I know I'm going to have to, you know, tamper that. But anyways, I I mean, it's so amazing, the benefits of fasting, but it's not just food. It's truly mortifying your your desires, Mm. right? I mean, the food part becomes easy. Uh, The devil finds a different way, you know, to attack you from your pride because you're so good at fasting. That's really common. I mean, you're prideful of how good we are at fasting. Well, okay, well, then I'm not really fasting. (laughs) Sounds like everything you were saying there, Father, right? I mean, I think Tom is, is, uh, he's He's been putting into practice and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's uh, let's see if we can sneak in one more phone call. Tina is calling in from Indiana, and I just wanted to give you a, a few seconds to get on the air here, Tina. We only have a little bit of time, but I think your story sounds like a fascinating one. Go ahead. Very brief. Um, about five years ago, a priest invited me to do a fasting 40 days on bread and water. I thought he was crazy and undoable. But um, after two years of going to Adoration, Daily Mass, and Communion, I felt the Lord was inviting me to do it. I did. Um, As a result, my three grown children have come back to the faith, monthly um, confessions, Sunday Masses, never missed. Actually, even going to um, um, Bible classes, very in love with the Lord. And I attribute all of this to the fasting, not only prayer. There's some in our families that need fasting in addition to prayer. So I invite all mothers, if they feel that they need their kids to come back, we have the medicine. We have mm. the Lord in adoration and fasting. It doesn't. Yes. It removes yes. all the evils in the world. Wow. That's great, Tina. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Tina. What a great! I mean, that's a that's a great way to round great off testimony. the show, anyway. Yeah, exactly, Amen. exactly. That and, and all the people are asking about financial issues, spiritual issues, health issues. Yeah, the Lord um, somehow, like you said, Father, He uses this fasting, this practice of fasting, to bring about these great things. So wonderful practice. I'm sorry we've run out of time. It just seems like right. the show has flown by. But Father Peter, it's we are not so even grateful. Lent. <laughs> I know, I know. Let's keep talking about fasting, and better yes. yet, let's keep doing fasting. And in order to do so, may we be sent off with your blessing, please, Father. May God bless us all and help us to have the faith to pray and fast more in order to contribute to this new evangelization. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God bless Peter you Romeo. all. Yes, God bless you. Thank you for being with us, Father. And if you missed any part of the program, Feel free to go back to relevantradio.com slash inner life and look up the show there. Share it with others who might benefit from hearing more about fasting. Coming up next, we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Rich Gesell. Tomorrow, faith and family with Father Brian Fallon. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.